0: Today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Raffel & Brown Window Fashions. Update your home by checking out this week's sale on a full selection of Hunter Douglas products. Visit raffel-brown.com for more details. Introducing the Capital Daily's Weekly Photo Challenge. Each week, our team will post a weekly photo theme in Monday's Capital Daily newsletter, as well as announcing it right here on the podcast, with winners receiving gift cards to local Victoria businesses around town. This week's theme is street art. To find out how you can enter, check out Monday's Capital Daily newsletter. Hi, I'm Ben Waterworth, and welcome to the Capital Daily podcast for Monday, November 23rd, 2020. Today on the podcast... It's a winning mentality. You can see that the guy hates
1: losing, and so do I, and it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm drawn to that.
0: We chat with Star Pacific FC signing Manny Aparizio about why he was drawn to coming to Victoria to play and finding what head coach Palmado Carr cooking barbecue also had to do with it. FC landed a massive coup earlier this month by signing Canadian cap midfielder and former York 9 captain Manny Aparizio. Aparicio has played in the MLS for Toronto FC as well as in Spain for three different clubs and has represented Canada at the under-18, under-20 and under-23 levels as well as for the senior side in 2014. He also played for Canada at the 2015 Pan Am Games. And to chat more about his signing for the Tridents, it's a pleasure to welcome Manny Aparicio to the Capital Daily Podcast today. Manny, thanks very much for joining me.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's it's a pleasure to chat today.
0: You must be pretty excited uh, to join Pacific FC. Obviously, a, a couple of years with York, but uh, now moving across to the West Coast now for the next season of the CPL. First of all, uh, how, how are you you feeling ahead of eventually hitting the pitch for Pacific FC?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, you know, like you said, a couple of years here at, at York 9 at home. Uh, comfortable with the family and, and being back at home wasn't bad at all. Uh, but it was just a moment where, you know, I, I felt that it was the right moment to kind of make that jump and go live away again, have this new experience with a new team, a new club, a new organization. I think it's it's all positives from there.
0: Was there something in particular that drew you to Pacific FC and sort of literally going across the other side of the country to the West Coast? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things, uh, a lot of things on the pitch, which I saw in, in P.I. recently just now when we were out there. Uh, just the, the mentality and the drive for, for success that the club has from, from what it looks like. Um, you know, the quality of the team also speaks for itself. Uh, I think uh, just getting into that top four was huge. Obviously, there was a little bit of bad luck in those first two games after, but I think the club had everything to, to be in that final game. Um, so, you know, when, when I started talking with Pa and with some of the guys and, and they were kind of telling me that most of the club was going to be sticking around and most of the players were going to be sticking around and all they wanted to do was add a few main, main key pieces. Um, it just seemed right. It seemed like a right fit. Um, I was never one to kind of, you know, care too much about being home. I've already lived in Spain. I've lived away from home already. So that wasn't like a main factor for me, Uh, you know, whether it be Ottawa, who was next door, Pacific at the other side of the country, it wasn't really a matter for me. I just, you know, my mentality was where can I be successful? Where can I maybe win a championship? And that's where my head was at.
0: And in terms of this part of the country as well, have you spent a lot of time in BC and Victoria in particular?
1: No, no, no. Well, for the games for 2019, when we went over there, that's about it. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm sure you know, uh, when when we travel, we don't really get to see much. We're basically in the hotel where, you know, they control our every move. So, uh, we literally just saw a little bit. The only thing I do kind of know about, you know, just the mountain range and stuff is in Argentina, we have the same mountain range. Um, so, I, I know that part of it, but not the Canadian side of it.
0: it. can kind of be a bit of connection there to, to you know, <laughs> back home essentially. You mentioned talking yeah. with, with Pa. I can imagine... That first conversation must be interesting because Pa's a great guy. Pa's a fun guy. And I I can't imagine that that first conversation doesn't exactly fit into that mold of being a fun and interesting conversation.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, right from the get go with him, it was kind of like I've known him for a while, Uh, even though I, you know, I had never really spoken to him other than in the hotel, just coming and going a few little conversations. Uh, And I felt that's what kind of drew me in a little bit more as well because, Right from the beginning, it was kind of like he was already, you know, explaining to me his way of thinking, his style of play, his mentality on and off the field, what he wanted to do with the club, where he wanted to take it, all these things where you're like, wow, like he has a project and, and, a, and a mindset for any little thing he touched upon. Like it wasn't just, I want to win, you know. He, he was telling you how he was going to do those steps to win it. Uh, and it's just, you know, it's a winning mentality. You, you can see that the guy hates losing and so do I, and it was just like, okay, yeah, I'm drawn to that.
0: And I can imagine that mentality you're talking about is a driving factor as a player, because of course, as you're saying, at the end of the day, you want to win, you want to win a championship, but it's also about creating an atmosphere where, as a player, you're feeling comfortable under a coach, you're feeling comfortable around players, it's that team culture essentially that leads you towards that success on the pitch and i i'm guessing that that was an element that you're feeling from par in the conversations in the other front office staff no doubt that as you're saying led you to choosing pacific fc yeah
1: exactly it's a literally dead on uh you know you can say you want to win You can be a great team, but if in the change room or off the pitch, you're not getting along with your teammates, you're, you know, the team is divided or anything like that, you can have the best squad on paper, but, you know, it's not going to work. And and that's football. That's, well, that's any sport, really. At the end of the day, any team sport, if you're not getting along with your teammates, then that's the end of you. And I feel like he puts a lot of emphasis on that, uh, on the winning side, and also on the side of, you know, let's be a family. That He wants everyone together. From what i know he does a lot of team outings and a lot of team events with not just the the players but also with owners with presidents with everyone involved in the club to have everyone you know meet everyone and then have that family feeling in in and outside the club um and i think that's huge just that's, that's really sometimes you know that one percent difference between being just uh, a second place team and the winning team
0: you've played both seasons in the CPL of course the second season a little bit different to the first but I mean in terms of your experience in this very fresh league how, how have you found it you've, you've played in the MLS you've played over in Spain you've played in many places in the world many but how have you found the CPL in the first two years of its existence
1: I think it's it's gone very well obviously this year was kind of uh, a write-off you know no one really expected what was going to come uh, although, you know, with it being so crazy and only being the second year of the season, I think it's, you know, huge, huge uh, hats off to the, to the league for being able to even do some sort of tournament in PEI. I think that's a huge uh, milestone that they were able to hit. Um, but I think, you know, when, when you compare it to other leagues, yeah, maybe, um, you know, it, it's just starting off uh, and, and there is maybe a little bit of a difference when, when you see it from the outside or, or even as a player. But I also see a league that's, you know, driven to promote Canadian players. I see a league that is actually, you know, Pacific, for example, in 2019, I think had the most minutes for, for U21 Canadian players. Um, and, and then you see guys getting called into the national team. You know, you're seeing that end result, which at the end of the day was what this league was all about. Give something to the youth and to the guys coming up. Obviously, I'm in it now, but... I always tell people this is literally for the ten-year-olds right now. For when they're 20, 21, 22, whatever age they want to start at, is this professional league is going to be fully built, you know, be, going to be a full-time thing, and and they can come in maybe make that step onto the national team. Because uh, at the end of the day, if you look at right now MLS, there's a handful of guys playing that are Canadian. They, you know, we don't have enough. Uh, minutes being played for Canadian players, yeah, it's a great level, and it, maybe even just the training and stuff is good enough. But you need to be playing games to be to be succeeding and to be improving as a player, especially when you're young.
0: Because it's really an interesting period right now for Canadian football, isn't it? You've obviously got Alfonso doing great things in Europe, but six years away from. Canada co-hosting a a World Cup so there's a lot happening in the sport right now and that development of these young players you're talking about is obviously key to ensuring that all the the momentum that's going on right now with the sport carries on and that it can lead to even more success for the sport in the country in the future.
1: Yeah exactly I mean uh, if like you said you know it's six years away there could be a 16 year old right now that in six years is going to be 24 25 years old he's in the prime of his career and if he's at 16 years old right now not getting minutes anywhere only playing academy football or or club football uh you know we're not gonna succeed as much you look at mexico you look at the states or just our conquer rivals these guys are playing these guys are playing first team minutes or at least they're in first team environments and and that's the goal that was the goal for the cpl and i think they're hitting it right on um obviously as an older guy sometimes it's it's not tough but you know you see it and it's like okay like you know we also got to have a a good team for example at york nine this year we had a lot of young guys and it was great you know you're great to help out a young guy especially as a captain you know it was great to kind of lead them and and try to help them and grow in different ways of their game but at the same time you got to have that you know that balance of promoting young players and bringing those young players up and also winning I I think it's the biggest part of the game.
0: Originally coming from Argentina too, I mean, you come from a a football-mad country. I mean, one of the most passionate countries in the world when it comes to the, the sport. I mean, when you go back home and kind of talk to your friends and family about the football culture... In Canada, I mean, how how can you describe it? Because it is obviously a bit of a smaller sport in, in Canada compared to what it's, say, in, in Argentina. And do you then take elements of what their reaction is at to kind of bring it back into when you're talking about with these younger players of maybe instilling a, a different sense into these players where it can really spur more of a passion, not only to them, but maybe help spread it throughout the country so this country can adopt football a lot more?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you're 100% right. You know, it's uh, over there... It's, football is basically like religion. Like it, you go to church on Sundays and you watch soccer <laughs> on Saturdays. Like it's, that's literally all people live for here. You have so many other sports that, that, you know, people are also interested in. Um, but one of the huge things that, for example, when I have family visit, I've had family visit over the past two years and, and they saw us play it, uh, at York Land stadium, for example. And one of the main things they said that they liked about it was for that, Over there, it's almost like you go to the field and you have to be chanting, you have to be like a ultra almost. And here it's more of a family event. Here's more of a, you know, you go out for the weekend, you have a whole event with your family, you go, you eat a hot dog, you're, you know, cheering a little bit, maybe just sitting in quiet. And I think that's also a beautiful thing from the sport. You know, you you can have both things. And I think in Canada, you know, just uh, getting that sense of, you know, passion for your club is what's really going to drive this league forward as well. You know, the fans, I know right now might not think, you know, oh, yeah, I'll go watch a game. Maybe I'll miss another five. Maybe. But that's really what's going to drive the team forward. Uh, as, as a player myself, comparing 2019 to 2020 without fans, it's half the enjoyment, you know. Um, and I think in Argentina, that's one big thing. The, the people live for soccer. Uh, they want their team to win. They want their team to succeed. They want their players doing good. Uh, and as, as, as long as we keep on improving in that sense, I think soccer is just going to keep on growing.
0: You talk about the fans. Now you go from York 9, passionate fan base, across here to the West Coast, passionate fan base. How do you go into Pacific on the games you've played against the side, knowing about their fan base? And how do you go from being a fairly popular player, a very popular player at one club, to then trying to go there? I know it's not about ultimately that's what you're playing the sport for, Manny, but of course coming as a captain on one club where you're probably dealing a lot more with sort of the fan sides and then coming across to this. I mean, how do you approach a new fan base when you're a new player at a club when generally you've been probably had a few things said against you from the crowd and things like that from the past to adopting them as your own now?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's always part of the game. Uh, I think the best way to kind of put that under the rug would be first home game of the season, score a goal or something and celebrate (laughs) it with them. I think that would be the best remedy for it. Um, but, you know, I, I, I say a lot of things on the field as well. I'm not going to lie to you. I You know, it's, it's just what's what's on the field. I never really take anything personal, and I hope other people don't either when I say it. Um, so, you know, for me, it's just, you know, I, I saw that it was a great organization, and I went, I switched there. So even if the fans at one point, you know, were against me, I hope they see it that way as well. We're like, wow, well, we were able to get him. That means he saw something in us as as a club and and as a fan base that he was interested in. So I think if they're looking at it that way, uh, that's that's really the way it was. I saw I went to that field and I saw Pacific play and you know, it was just a place where I would enjoy living and I would enjoy playing. So if they take like that, then
0: great. The fans are a great bunch of people. I'm seeing here on Twitter there was a Photoshop mock image of yourself on Aquaman's (laughs) body. They've kind of redone the suit all purple with the big golden trident i mean you must look at things like that and go well that that nice image i'm going to print that out maybe put it on my wall i, I like that profile yeah, I picture. To it on my phone to tell you that you would- <laughs> what do you what do you mean when you see that though i mean that that is, that's the glory of the fans though isn't it that they get that passionate and they do kind of things like that you must sort of get your phone out and have a big old smile on your face when you see that
1: yeah no i i sent that over to to my girlfriend to my family so we were all dying of laughter I, Those are literally the little things that, you know, especially in times like today where you're locked in your house, not being able to do much that, you know, that brightens up your day a little bit. It was really nice.
0: Another thing too, I'd like to get a bit of clarification here. Uh, I believe this is a quote from you when you're possibly talking about Pa, when you're talking about seeing a coach with a cooking hat on and the patio cooking on the grill, it just gets your attention. I, I need to know the story behind this. Tell me this is just a big cookout that Pa's doing constantly.
1: Yeah, he. Uh, when we were in PI, they basically the hotel, you know, they would give us our food. And because of COVID, usually we do more of like a buffet style. You have your rice, your your protein, your veggies, and whatever, and you kind of get whatever you want. And because of all COVID, they didn't want us touching all the utensils and stuff. So it was everyone had their own plate. So what the hotel and the league ended up doing a few times was they would give each team a turn on like a barbecue, um, and that the team could you know, cook whatever they wanted and, and do whatever they want. And a few times you would walk by and see pie in a full-on apron <laughs> with a cooking hat on, cooking chicken on the barbecue and the whole team just waiting. And it smelled amazing. Everyone wanted to get in on it. And he was just there cooking it up. And it was really nice to see, again, going back to the whole family environment and stuff he's trying to build there. Uh, those are just little details that you see exactly how far he'll go to make his team happy. You know
0: that's and that's the secret. He cooks good chicken. That's why you signed for Pacific FC. Exactly. <laughs> there you there we go. We've gotten to the bottom of it. You're talking about the, the squad and everything that sort of you know led you to being here. Looking ahead now, from from what you've seen and moving into season three, how how do you feel Pacific FC are looking ahead of the third season of the CPL?
1: Yeah, like I said, you know, it, it was a huge positive already when he was able to maintain, I would say, over 90-something percent of the club. Uh, you know, out of the 23 guys, I think only one is left right now or has have parted ways with the club. Um, so that's a huge already positive. You know, you see it as a player and you're not only because they did well, but also because if everyone wants to stay, you know, it's a good sign. It means people are happy, people are enjoying it. Uh, people are buying into a system and a style of play. Um, and then as well, you know, when when you look at most of the CPL clubs, most clubs, I would say out of the eight, you know, half the squads have rotated over the first to second year and probably from the second to third year as well. And the only clubs that have maintained it are Forge and Calgary, and they're up there. Um, you know, it, it's it's no secret to football where if you have that chemistry in between your team, it's always a positive and it's always going to go better for you. And if he's able to maintain 90 something percent of the club and bring in one, two, three key pieces, um, I think it's just going to keep on going and keep on getting better.
0: Before I let you go, Manny, we're obviously a little bit away from that third season starting. So for the plan for you, uh, do you head to Victoria before? A bit beforehand? Do you try and escape the cold Toronto winter to kind of get a wet Victoria winter in- instead? What's the plan to come out this part of the country? <laughs> to tell
1: you the truth, today I want to get out. Of- There's like a hurricane watch and stuff here in Toronto. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to get out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> wow. Get on that plane. Get on quickly. It's, it's pouring yeah. with rain right now I can see outside the window. It's not quite a hurricane, but it, it's... It's raining that's generally what we see so. <laughs> no yeah
1: we um i think we're gonna obviously pre is probably gonna start like early march um or late february my plan is probably to head out there early february or, around there i know from what i've talked to pa and, and chris the the personal trainer and stuff over there they have all the facilities all the gyms and all that stuff where it's kind of hard to get here especially with covid now with everything being closed um, so I think ideally for myself, you know, I get out there a little bit early and try to get back up to full fitness before we kick off with, with preseason.
0: Well, we're going to very much look forward to seeing you on the pitch next year. As I mentioned to you just off air, you can already get uh, number 34 on the Pacific FC fan <laughs> shop right now. If you want to get on the train early, but Manny best of luck for it. I'm sure we'll get you on again to chat during the season next year, but thanks very much for your time on the Capital daily podcast today.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. But yeah, we'll talk soon again.
0: Coming up, all the day's news. Let's find out what unique situation held up Canucks new goalie Braden Holtby at the US-Canada border next. The right choice of Hunter Douglas window coverings can keep your cool from Victoria's summer sun and instantly make over the look and feel of your home. Raffel and Brown window fashions have proudly represented the entire line of Hunter Douglas products for over 25 years and have grown to be one of the largest volume dealers in Canada. Visit rafel browncom for more details. News Now and 67-year-old Mona Streliff is believed to be the first non-palliative patient in Canada to be granted an exemption to legally use psychedelic mushrooms to help with their ongoing trauma, anxiety, depression, and addictions. Psilocybin, which is found in the mushrooms, is still illegal to produce, possess, and sell in Canada under the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. However, Health Canada did grant exemptions over the summer for people living with terminal illnesses to consume the mushrooms. Strelov recently spoke about her treatments to Vice, saying they helped her process repressed material from her childhood and combat the despair she had sunken into after a cancer battle a decade ago. An immunocompromised passenger on a BC Ferries trip may face a $12,000 fine for staying in her car. The woman's partner wrote an essay for the tiee on the couple being written up and potentially later fined for violating Transport Canada's rules. They returned to their car because they could not distance in passenger areas. BC Ferries said that passengers with disabilities or health risks may remain in cars on the open upper deck, but that they must wait for a sailing with space available on that deck. This incident occurred on the same day an anti-mask group delayed sailings and received a one-day ban and a rebuke from the Premier. And four years after it was announced by the Federal Government, the Indigenous Canadian Coast Guard Auxiliary is officially in action, working to cover remote coastlines of the province. The auxiliary consists of 50 trained volunteers from five coastal First Nations. Alex Dick, Executive Director of the auxiliary, said the Indigenous Coast Guard members are the most experienced stewards of the marine environment and are unquestionably vital to Canada's marine safety system today. (laughs) Go today, I usually like to bring you some fun random news on a Monday, and that was a pretty easy one to bring you today, given a piece of news that was a little close to home. The Canucks' newest goaltender, Brayden Holtby who was recently signed from the Washington Capitals, was held up at the US-Canada border last week after he couldn't get his two pet tortoises across with him into Canada to join his wife, Brandy. Brandy tweeted out on Wednesday asking for help or anybody with sweet connections with federal fish and wildlife that could help her husband and pet tortoises with some papers to get across the border adding that they didn't know they needed an export permit in addition to the import permit they had already acquired. According to Sportsnet, Braden was able to make it across the border on Friday alongside with the two tortoises, who appeared in another Twitter post on Saturday proudly sitting in front of a Canadian flag. With that level of commitment to something, let's just hope that Braden will have the same commitment in stopping goals going into the Canucks net next season. And that's it today for the Capital Daily Podcast for Monday, November 22nd, 2020. Big congratulations goes out to the winner of last week's Capital Daily Photo Competition, Todd Wassilashin, for his great photo of an interior of a pretty fancy-looking building and staircase. You can check it out on today's Capital Daily newsletter, where you can also find more details on how to enter this week's competition. My name is Ben Waterworth, and as I say in Australia, no more furfies allowed, mate. Thanks for tuning in, and I will speak to you tomorrow. Today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Rafel and Brown Window Fashions. Update your home by checking out this week's sale on a full selection of Hunter Douglas products. Visit rafael-brown.com for more details. Introducing the Capital Daily's Weekly Photo Challenge. Each week, our team will post a weekly photo theme in Monday's Capital Daily newsletter, as well as announcing it right here on the podcast, with winners receiving gift cards to local Victoria businesses around town. This week's theme is street art. To find out how you can enter, check out Monday's Capital Daily newsletter.